waiting in the wings. He's just taking a wee sip before he goes live. Uh, Tim uh, joins us uh, live uh, tonight. Uh, are you in the distillery or are you, are you in your kitchen, Tim? I am very much in my kitchen. Good man. Good man. Okay. I'm not allowed access to the distillery by myself for <coughs> previous uh, theft. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, I, my, my key was taken off me a year ago, and uh, I'm only allowed in with supervision. Yeah, I, I, I feel you could have had a lot of very sort of fair weather friends if you have the keys of a distillery. <laughs> yeah. Just go around and see Tim tonight, and see how he's getting on. <laughs> oh, he's working late. <laughs> pop on, sure, we'll just pop on down to the story. Oh, yes, I would imagine you have lots of friends. Tim, you are from. The Copeland Distillery down in Donoghadee in County Down. Correct. Now, tell us about Copeland. Tell us, tell first of all, tell us uh, where you are, because some people you're in County Down, but Copeland. Tell us about that. Tell us what that is. Um. Well, where I am right now is so I actually um I live about a three minute walk from the distillery. So, um, and a lot of like. Actually, about ninety-five percent of the staff are all local, which is great. Um, a very sort of short story of of how Copeland uh, became uh, what it is today. Uh, about six years ago, it was started by a guy called Gareth Irvine. Uh, mm-hmm. Twenty-two, uh, he was studying business management at Coleraine University, and within that, he had to clean up a business model. Uh, at the time, he wanted to, uh, he came up with uh, Copeland Gin. And he won awards, did really well, thought his parents thought, you know, that's great, now I go get a real job. And he fell in love with, uh, quite a lot fell in love with uh, the industry and being his own boss. And so he then went down the route, he had to try and borrow some money from the banks. Uh, he wanted to borrow 20 grand uh, from the banks. Now, he stood over six years ago, so it was nearly seven years ago. Um, when a 22-year-old walks into a bank and says, I want to borrow 20 grand to make some gin, uh, they say, are you going to take this to Vegas and put it all in black? So they they all turned him down. Um, and credit to Gareth, he, and, and why we are where we are today, his drive, he, he went down the crowdfunding route and he raised, he wanted to raise £20,000 in six weeks. And he ended up raising uh, thirty-eight thousand in six weeks. Uh, it was—I would say—it was accumulation of quite a lot of things. Uh, sort of six, seven years ago, gin wasn't as big as what it is today. Yeah. Um, I think it snowballed. Uh, his idea was right. Uh, it was marketed well, and um, you know, it just—it just accelerated from there. And then for the first year, he was based in Samfield, uh, in a industrial state, in one unit. And he was not that not that we're here to talk about gin, but kind of where the story starts was he um, he actually had the idea of bringing local county down fruits together with a base uh, a base gin, uh, which we all know now he called it infused gins, but then I have become the multicolored rainbow of pink gins. <laughs> and uh, but that was his that that was what got him to where he is today, and he created two two infused gins. And for the first year, he made it, delivered it, uh, marketed it, and did everything on his own. Um, I met him about six months in. And then uh, after me not really leaving him alone, he offered me a job. And I came on just just as he turned one year. Uh, My background's in the industry anyway, (coughs) which was helpful for him. And, you know, I'm now with the company over four years. Um, To sort of fast forward a bit. Uh, Copeland is named after the Copeland Islands that are a stone's throw from Donaghadee. Um, they're steeped in history going back as far as the Vikings, uh, but their main sort of heritage is smuggling. Uh, up until 1912, it was documented in like, very like, well-known in local historian areas that they smuggled spirits and tobacco uh, from the mainland through the Copeland Islands and then and then flooded the peninsula uh, mm-hmm. to be the taxman. And that's where... Gar- heard that story and thought well that's a pretty good name for a distillery and 
uh, he had always had a dream to um, have his own distillery, um, you know, and his real dream was whiskey. And we started to look at a few sites in Donaghadee. Uh, Donaghadee itself is a very beautiful little coastal seaside town, um, but it it's is. got a huge harbour, um, which doesn't really fit. If you look at it, you go, why is there a massive harbour in such a small town? Uh, because Sir, Re- Sir John Rennie built it, that's why. Well, it, it, they used a lot of big blocks, uh, but they... It was it was the busiest port town in Ireland up until, or one of the busiest port towns in Ireland up until about 1860. They called it the gateway to Ulster in Ireland because it was so close to Port Patrick. Yeah. Uh, but we were starting to look at a, at a site um, or look at multiple sites. Um, and we then came across the it, what we thought was an old community hall. And it was about to get uh, leveled and turned into a car park by the council. And it, it ticked the boxes for us. It was affordable. It was a good size. Um, and Overlooks the harbour. And very close to the harbour. And it just, you know, there's yeah. very, there's a lot of distilleries now in Ireland, you know, like 10 years ago, there was four. Now there's over 40. There's very few, like, slap bang right in the middle of a town. So we're very lucky. And we, um, we find out, through uh, local historians literally coming and knocking on the door that it wasn't actually just a community hall, it was an old cinema that dated back to 1915 and what wrapped wrapped around the cinema was actually the Ards Bottling Company which dates back back to the 19th century it burnt down but it was owned by the same guy and it ran as the Regal Cinema up until the 70s so it was loads of history, we were able to uh, turn it into a state-of-the-art distillery with now uh, three copper stills, but very much keep the essence of the history. And we now produce, um, we've, uh, what, are we, what are we at now? Try to keep up. We're uh, eight different spirits, four gins, um, three rums at the moment, and we have our blend. Um, yeah. So we're busy. Um, we're very busy. Uh <laughs> because of our owner Gareth he is now 29 um, where people, people probably lend him money quicker now than they did the first, but he walks into the bank people listen to him as opposed to when he was 22 yeah they might, be, they might have made a bit of money back off him but I think before we get into it I think one thing I always try to tell people is from from our point of view uh, Gareth genuinely came from nothing he has built a company up on his own and he still holds uh, a lot of the company to himself and it's because of that he's got good staff around him and we all work pretty pretty hard and he's a he's quite a testament to you know it is a cliche but he he, he works his arse off and, yeah. and that's because we're we're here now, so he is young, and he'll hate me for saying it. But and he's a lot to learn, and he'll hate me for saying that too. Because I am older than him. But um, you know, the world's the world, the world is our oyster when it comes to COVID. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Now you 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 have I see Frank, one of our one of our regulars. Uh, he's one of your founders. He was one of the crowd funders. Um, mm-hmm. I see Otto Craig's appeared on there as well. Crowd finders. He didn't go out and find people. He funded, I would imagine. But uh, you, you have uh, was it, there was four hundred. Was it four hundred people invested in it? Four hundred. Yeah, it was like three, three. Oh, I should probably do this off the top of my head, but it was three seven five, three seven six, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was, and it was a. People actually was—it's quite funny—is I used to, I lived overseas on and off for for about ten years, and um, my dad was actually one of the crowd funders um, before I even knew who Gareth was. And he—you could buy a, a fifty pounds, you know, crowd funder, which got you a bottle of gin and a couple of glasses, or you could go right up to five hundred pounds, which was loads of gin and a free party. And, um, a lot of crack, which a few people did. So, uh, you know, we, it's really nice. We've got on the distillery of like a ma- humongous big mural to, you know, all the crowd funders. Um, you know, because without them, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these guys, these guys invested. Now you have also uh, a, a program for for cask for cask buyers. 
And they, is that, is that st- have they all been bought or are they, is that still available? So we're, we're literally down to like the last, I believe, I literally had a sold one a couple of days ago and we're, we're down to the last like five. Um, so Gareth signed a lease on the distillery for 125 years. Um, now Gareth doesn't consider himself immortal and think he's got some magic pill that none of us have that he's going to remember. He is <clears throat> I think with I think he sort of, he, he doesn't like to admit it, but he does like the history and heritage, and um, he wants to you know l- you know leave a legacy behind and sign a lease for 125 years was 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 a nod to the town and to tell everyone like you know I'm I'm not here to make a quick buck and sell up in five years and you know and go to the Bahamas, which you know wouldn't be a bad thing, but um, just Justin would do that. He would do that, and the he'd be away. I go with. <laughs> but uh, we so, uh, very much, you know. There's, it's, it's. We, you know, we didn't invent the wheel. We um, hold on, Tim. I'd just like to point out, I would not go to the the, the Bahamas with you, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, um, you know, we 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 had a conversation about, uh, you know, about our, you know, wanting to accelerate our whiskey program quite quickly and. Um, there's other distilleries that have done it very well, like the you know you know straight away Dingle, you know with the Finding Fathers, and so we released 125 uh, individual casks uh, for private sale. Um, we do things um, well, not really much different, but it's it's we don't tell the customer what they're having. It's you know what do you want? So we've a massive variety. You know they range from 125 liter liter bourbons up until the biggest one we have is our. Um, uh, it's like, it, it, well, after it was full, it was like five seven five uh, hogshead, um, and we've got a couple of poor pipes and they're mm-hmm. humongous. But it's it's what you know and your spirit. So you know it could be pot still, single malt, uh, peated or chocolate malt. That's what we make. So uh, we give the customer the options. Uh, you can buy it for investment. We buy it back off you after five years because it's a, it's all going to be a minimum of five. Uh, but you also aren't restricted to the age. You, if you want to age it for longer, you can. Uh, we have up until 12 years. Um, once you go past um, the 200 liter size, then or 250 liter size, it has to be a minimum of seven years. So there's there's loads of scope. Um, the returns better than what you get on an ISA account because yeah. the banks are nothing. Um, it's all very secure. But it's when we genuinely when we started it, it was it was it was to fund uh, more stills, more washbacks, and it actually became a lot more than that. It became a um, like a community. Like sounds like really corny, but you know. Families have bought casks. Uh, I bought a family cask. There's 10, 10, 10 people on my cask. Gareth was like, I don't know why he did, but he, he gave me cask number one. So um, a lot of people were busting to get onto my cask. And, you know, there's, you know, people have got their family and their kids have like drawn the hands that they, you know, on the on the end of the casks. And it's 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 lovely. And we bring everyone down, fill our casks. And before COVID, people yeah. were out for and etc so you know it's uh, it's a great program it's nearly finished it'll be sad when it's all done um but it's, it's worthwhile yeah so so there's only five or so left mm-hmm. so if people if, if anybody's watching this and you want to uh, get a, a, a cask there's not that much left now you touched on what it is you're distilling whiskey wise uh there you, you said you're doing pita you're doing pot still you're doing uh, uh is it chocolate malt you said? Chocolate malt and single malt, yeah. Okay, so in in what way do you uh, are you distilling more of one than the other, or are you you know what way are you doing it? To be honest, primarily it's single malt. Um, you know, because we we will release um, a single malt, um, you know, constant uh, down the line. <laughs> More limited pot still, uh, chocolate malt and peated. Peated would be the least. Um, our distillers have massive love for Isla. They're so close to Scotland. Ulster had a huge connection to Scotland, and there was a lot of peated made. So, you know, we're we're trying to over the years bring back to life a lot of things that were done in Ulster. Um, you know, with whiskey. So it would be primarily single malt. Uh, our program, like I look at the spreadsheets. I'm not a big spreadsheet man, but I'm 
last 25 years it's disgusting but um it's uh yeah it's it, it would be predominantly single malt and pot still and and then a lot of single cask stuff um coming down the line but they're you know they're years and years away which is yeah. it, a lot of ways it is very you know it's it's because you're there and you it's the romance is begins because all these casts are sitting and you know they're not going to be open for like maybe you know 12 18 uh, years not, now, now, not until you're justin's age now, 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 now tim although you're you're going down the almost purest route at the minute right you know harking back to the, the history and that you, you just don't shy away from doing things like uh, cocktails and stuff like that. What's that all about? Because that, that I love a cocktail, but you, you, you know, you're almost doing two things at once, really, aren't you? Going down the purest route into the history, you know, connection to Isla and all that, and it, and then going, you know, it's all right to have a cocktail with our whiskey. I mean, you know, we're we're like we're like I'm one of the oldest in the distillery, and I'm 36, so. There's, you know, we've got a very young dynamic team and we all very much do like our spirits. But, you know, there is like I've, I worked in the bar industry for years and um, I've got really, you know, fantastic connections now in the in the in the in the bar trade. And cocktails now are very like it's especially in Ireland. They're, you know, the likes of, you know, New York, et cetera. Sydney, they would have been, the, you know, the cocktail meccas for years, for decades. Yeah. And yeah. whereas now, especially in Belfast, there, there's a real, you know, the quality of the spirit going into the cocktail. It's not just your strawberry daiquiris. It's, there's... Oh, yeah. No, there's re- real thought. If you go into sort of Burt's P- uh, Piano Jazzy Bar place, there, the cocktails they serve in there are, are second to none. I mean, I'm going there to enjoy the cheese board in a couple of weeks' time, and I do I do love it, you know? Um but they, you know, they, 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 they love a good spirit, and they, and they, and it's, it, it means a lot to them. Um, and I think because, because of COVID, there's been a lot of obviously horrendous things that have happened because of COVID, but a lot of uh, positives have come out of it, and I've seen it even more so. Um, you know, within the hospitality industry, is there's a massive drive to support local. So if they can factor in your, your spirits into a cocktail, um, like literally the first jazz bar. Um, the, the the small little blue bottle behind me is a is a limited rum that we have at the moment, and they're using it in one of their uh, cocktails, a Jungle Bird, which is a like it's a really old cocktail, it goes back to like the thirties. Um, but there you, ha- you must have had that when you were a young boy, Justin. Uh, yes, I I had it back back in the day. You know when I had an Ulster coat and popped into the the, the tailors there. And, uh, oh, oh no 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 no! You'll be thinking I'm Dorian Gray next. But uh, to to sort of um, there is a bit of like an eclectic mix of you know Gareth wants to create this history and and and, and have that purest, but he's also he's also twenty nine and he wants to have fun and and do and, and not not ever be like take away from the quality and would never do anything to to take away from that. So whenever it's cocktails, it's done right and. You know, we like to partner up with like good brands. Like for instance, like I was in Dublin a couple of weeks ago meeting with the guys from Poachers Mixers, and they're 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 great Irish brands. And um, so yeah, it's you know, it's it's hard to tick all the boxes. We do we do do uh, we try to do a hell of a lot um, to cover all those parameters. And and then in the mix of it all with gin and rum, we've also got a wee blend that sort of has been slowly uh, doing its thing and, and, you know, knocking on the doors of, of the whiskey market to tell people we're here and we're, we're whilst the blend, we're totally transparent. Of course, it's not ours. The oldest whiskey we have is just coming up three years old, but there's an art of blending and our distillers were, were a part of that and it's it's very good yeah. um, before we get into it. Now, the, 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 a quick, couple of quick questions. Where are your situated Um I'm trying to think of the name of the bar that's beside you. Uh, Pier Pier 36. Pier 36. Now, it, it's literally just round on a beautiful round where you look overlook the marina and you overlook you overlook the Copeland Islands. They they sit just out in the thing. That's that's them in the map behind them there. Look, that's them on the I mean, map behind them. 
place that there just so conveniently for this podcast. <laughs> they, um, does anybody live in the Copeland Islands? They uh, they do so well. There's nobody full time uh, at the at its peak. There was about 180 people lived on the island. The old schoolhouse is still there. There's actually the original uh, Royal Mail post box. The postman, weather permitting, used to go out once a week with a post graveyard there. Uh, at the moment now, I think there's about eight ish houses and they are a mixture of mostly like i'd say holiday homes but they're like cottages that people you know who own plots of land there uh, it's private so there's it's open islands made up of three islands but the great island which is the big one which all the smuggling happened through it's um mostly people who have a plot out there and um, i got exposure out there once i was out there in a boat once and got exposure and that, i didn't that, actually realize i had exposure until i got home and i was as sick as a dog that's because you thought it was a nudist colony and nobody told you otherwise <laughs> no 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 i i i i it was warm and sunny but extremely windy at the same time yeah. and that's how i got exposure but anyway it's it's a schoolboy error but i didn't do that well you see ever. see Justin, if you'd have listened to probably the most famous person from Donaghadee, which is where the, the, the Copeland Distillery is, you'd have been all right. Bear Grylls, famous, famous urine-drinking Bear Grylls. If you're, you, that's what you maybe should have done. When you were suffering from exposure, when you drunk your own pee, which Bear does basically every episode you've ever seen. That's, Bear Grylls is from Donaghadee, correct? He was, he was born in Donaghadee, and his grandfather... Um, drowned on the Princess Victoria like in the nineteen fifty six, which is a really famous shipwreck happened at the back of the Copen Islands. Yep. Um, Princess Victoria, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. People don't actually realise that Bear Grylls has, has connections to, to Donacadee. I mean it, uh, he's actually born and bred here, you know, but but obviously he's he's English. Yeah. Um but uh no like the the the, the islands themselves, uh, I've been very, very fortunate, even though it's privately owned. Um, I've been over, like, multiple times, stayed over. It's a, it's a little magical place. Uh, I can understand why it's private. You know, it's privately owned. So you can't just, you, as a day tripper, you can go out and you can go onto the beach, but you can't go up onto the island um, or you can go around it on a tour. But it's, to go on the, there's a local tour boat and it's great crack. And if you go during the summer, you can actually see the puffins flying into the Bird Observatory Island, which is quite cool. Um, but there's like, the, you know, I'm sure you can obviously get the vibe that I'm mad into it all. Like I love the history and love, like we're not even talking about spirit at the moment. It's just, no. I just love it. And I, I here three years ago, so I'm only into it now. <laughs> The thing is, it's because whenever you name something after a place, you have to have that sense of place about it. There's no, there's no point in naming it something that you know Tyree or some island that you can't bloody see. But from your distillery, you have a bar where you can look out over the islands and and see yeah. where it's all from and the connection with history and the connection with where it's from. Now, you you make what's your output roughly, and do you age it near near the sea? Do you age it down there? So we have um, a very small amount, I would say. I think there's probably about 20 casks sitting in the distillery at the moment. At one stage, there was maybe about, a, about 100 and there was no space. And we were waiting for um, for us to get our ogre, which means we could then move casks legally. Um, we're very fortunate that we've got a really great relationship with Shane down in Eckenville mm-hmm. um, because they're literally like they're 15 minutes away. And... So we've got about 250-ish casks, a mixture of the 125 and then our own stuff that we're making being aged in um, Eckenville's Bonded Warehouse. Um, Actually, again, during COVID, when things were great, but they were making hand sanitizer and so were we and so were a lot of the stories. And to be honest, if it actually hadn't been for the hand sanitizer, we'd be busting. But I was very fortunate to have a lot of like conversations with Shane when we were, you know, helping each other out. And I was up there every couple of days um, picking up five litre drums and all that kind of, we're just sort of, it was really weird because we're all in the kind of same boat there, but bigger than us. But Shane always said, he goes, you know, you're, you've got the joy of being in the middle of a town and you've got that sort of people just walking by and then we, but we've got loads of space, but then we're out in the countryside and yeah. 
Um, terrible nice guy for a lot of time for the guys up there and so that's that's where we we're in the process uh we will be building our own warehouse um over the next uh, kind of like 12 to 18 months which will hold um 7, 000, uh casks um yeah it'll take us a minute to fill it but that's kind of you know, that's where we're going. N- nothing in whiskey's done at any real great hurry, let's be honest. Everything's done over a period of years. Everything's done over a period of years. Um, now, uh, a couple other things. You, Justin touched on the cocktails, but you, you just kind of do other things down down there. Um, the, the, you do comedy nights, I saw on your website. Yep. So we, um, we've got a fantastic... Uh, so our visitor center again but i hate bringing it up but because of covid we closed our tours um and gareth had this great idea then when things started opening up again uh, because we weren't fully like or like we're not fully licensed so our tours were going through different parties things like that but um gareth said let's turn the let's turn the distillery into a coffee shop and i was like really coffee shop okay and i genuinely was like i wasn't against it like into it turns out ever had and um we're open seven days a week and really busy and even without a license it's crazy uh but we brought in this great um g- uh, girl called beth and she used to r- uh run haptic and newton arch and she's you know real sort of pushes you know the different style of things of doing things that aren't the norm in distilleries because uh, she she had no experience in the industry at all, like you know, outside of working in cafes, but no experience in the, the spirit industry. And she was like, "Let's do a comedy club." And every time we do a comedy club, sells out. Uh, like literally within half an hour, and all the comedians that come up say <clears throat> they've never done anything like it in a place like this. It's always really good fun. And um, so yeah, we do like lots of different things. Like we did distill, and we do a thing called distill and chill, where we bring bartenders to the distillery to showcase themselves in our distillery. Um, so we're like we're very, you know, the innovation within what we do. We, you know, we don't try to do things that people aren't doing. We're just doing different things. Um, the comedy club things just it's great because I always put myself forward to work the bar that night. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I work the bar because then you get to like absolutely roar your head off for two hours and make a few drinks. So yeah, no, the comedy clubs are they're good. And um, once we we're actually going for our full like full liquor life. License, um, and once that gets pulled through the next, you know, the next while, well, you know, there'll be a lot more of it. Um, and, and of course, Donica D started in a police drama as well, not Badlands, but the other one, isn't it? Port, Port Hope Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Do you know what? It's it's one of those weird ones where I genuinely, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it. I think I watched about 20 minutes of it. Uh, my mum's obsessed about it. The best thing ever, but she watches EastEnders. So, um, the <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> heard from a like cinematography point of view, they make Donaghy like stunning, uh, which is great. Uh, Port Divine is what it's called, the fictional town. Um, it was great for the town. I will say, you know, the town was busy. Uh, all the Airbnbs and bed and breakfasts and rented houses were all full because all the staff and the crew. Yeah. I mean, the acting from what I saw. <laughs> your mum watches EastEnders. You're, yeah. you're, phonetically, you have to sort of question, have I inherited? <laughs> you know, that, but uh, obviously that hasn't worked through. Oh, never know. Like it had, maybe it's, it, it, it was just, you know, the first album, but the second one will be a Now, now you have your 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 merchant's key is your basket. It's just sitting there behind you. It is. is is the blend that you guys have out at the minute? What what is it and how much is it? Because this is my latest thing. The price of whiskey's beginning to annoy me a little bit. I like whiskey's coming out at a reasonable price. Uh, the the high end stuff, fine. The, the 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 entry level stuff that you can taste is a little bit different. Uh, and you guys have a, have a blend out, so they're on. So, well, yeah, um, it was actually something that I think at the time Gareth didn't actually 
it was also not that he what didn't want to do, but it wasn't even in his mindset. He just thought, you know, he'll make gin and rum and we'll wait for a whiskey to come of age. And it was actually our distillers that said, you know, we want to make a blend, you know, can we do it? Let's see. And he said, well, look, you know, because Gareth's very, very, you know, minded, you know, it's, he's, while he owns the company, he lets the guys very much free reign in a lot of ways for, for, you know, for R&D. So they worked with the guys down in GND and they came up with a couple of blends. And I think, you know, when we were, when there was a talk of doing a blend, we were like, right, well, it has to be unique. We're going to have to do something that's a little bit different. Uh, it's probably going to cost us a little bit more money than, say, your standard, you know, you know, three or five-year-old bourbon blend. Um, but within that, you know, keep the price point solid um, and let's see how it goes. So uh, we launched uh, Merchant's Key and it's 40% ABV, non-chill filtered. Um, it's three whiskies but it's aged in four different casks. So you've got triple distilled malt aged in sherry, double distilled malt aged in bourbon, and then green whiskey aged in virgin oak, and then transferred into rechar. Um, I think I demolished the bottle when uh, <laughs> we got the taste of the Europe for the last time. <laughs> I think I went home with the bottle, actually. I mean, that's a, that's a good sign. Um, we... Genuinely, um, like I, I'm obviously biased. It's 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 all three year old, um, but the color uh, and the flavors coming through it is you know kind of surprises a lot of people for for it being such a young whiskey. But there's a lot of that comes from you know the sherry and the rechar. That's where that color is coming through. Um, we don't enter like quite. We don't enter a lot of awards that we do every year is the IWSC because we you know consider it like it's it's very you know unbiased. It's the spirit and it got 92 points got a silver um you know so we were really happy with that and it's you know it, it, it's it's doing well it's 29.99 so it's not yeah. like we're the world um it, it does cost us more money because there's so much going on um it would be cost us a hell of a lot less if it was just you know for anyone, for anyone who's not sure how how a lot of these uh, award ceremonies work, you have to pay to enter them. You know, they they charge you to enter each category, and it's 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 a, so that's why people say we don't enter the competitions because if you entered every competition, you um, you'd be out an awful lot of money in a year, and it's why some of the bigger brands have lots of awards. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And to, to put it in perspective, we—it's because uh, some people go, "Well, if you pay the money, they just give you an award, so you do it next year." We've had um, a couple of spirits that actually weren't released, and we've sent them there to see how they'll do, and they didn't win anything, and they didn't get an award. So, and we pay the money, and it's—it's it's not cheap to enter the IWSE. So, you know, in a weird way, even though those spirits that we entered that didn't end up getting released, which is fine, didn't win awards, we were like, okay that proves that these people here judging them didn't rate them. Yeah. It's very rare that, you know, we're very lucky that all of our spirits have won awards from gold down to bronze. Uh, bronze even salt is, is a great thing. Uh, our Navy strength cast finished uh, gin won gold. And that was like mega for us. We were hooked with that. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. So, um, but yeah, the the whiskey is it's 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 you know it's it's a it's a good whiskey and yeah. it's um you were proud of us and, um, and and it's affordable. It's the ordinary guy can walk in and go. Uh, normally, I buy a bottle of Black Bush or something like that, and this is an extra couple of quid. Buy that. That's a local. It's a local guy. We're going to buy this or it's uh, you know something different that it's affordable. That's that's a that's a big thing for me these days. Yeah, I I would agree. You know, we're obviously I work for, for a distillery, so I see it. Uh, you know, in spades. Um, a lot of people said rum rum was the next big thing. It's it's actually Irish whiskey. Uh, it is and and and, and blend releases. Uh, I can't keep up myself with the whiskey releases and you know, talking about it. It is just relentless. Um, yeah. Gets gets launched on a monthly basis. It's not a bad thing. 
Um, there was hundreds of distilleries going back a couple hundred years ago. Um, it's great to see, you know, like I don't need to, you, you guys know back in the 60s, Irish whiskey nearly just disappeared altogether. Um, I think Irish whiskey is only getting going. I don't even think we're off the blocks yet for what um, Irish whiskey is capable of globally. And Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So, you know, the Scots have, you know, they have a lot to, not only for the rugby next week, but they have a lot to work. Uh, yeah. well, well, the thing about it is, if, uh, honestly, the the Irish whiskey is a brand. Um, if you take Irish distillers, I mean, you have you have to talk about the big the the big guys, and you take you take uh, Jameson out of the equation. If you took Jameson out of the Irish whiskey equation, it's still tiny in relation to other. Yeah other markets so there's huge potential for growth because we do have a pga we do have heritage we do have history we do have innovation and new stuff as well so it's all there for us yeah like i like i totally agree um we're we're very lucky compared to our, our friends across the border that we're not restricted when it comes to you know uh the wood that we can that we can use um which is a lot of fun and i think you know, we're yeah, we're on the cusp, and no. it's it, it, like the the general consumer, I think, as well, is starting to really sort of switch on to it a lot more, um, and they want to know a lot more. Um, but um, yeah, we've only we're only getting going, and we're blessed to be a part of it. Well, I, I I think Scotland have single malt Scotch. Is always going to be seen as as the the sort of pinnacle, you know. The, I mean, the, they've been had they've had a, a, a clear playing field for so long that it's single malt scotch is the, the pinnacle, and that's why Macallans and Springbanks and all that kind of stuff are always going to be there, and the whole industry goes along with that. But all of the other stuff is is all right for different cask finishes, different wood finishes, different innovations and, and, and differences. And we 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 pot still Scotland doesn't. You know, and I, I think Ireland Ireland can only keep going. Now if it, if it gets to where Scotland is, brilliant. But there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go between now there now and then. But uh yeah uh, one other question when can we expect Copeland's own spirit to appear. When when's that going to happen? The, the plan is twenty twenty four. So we're not releasing anything that's three. It's it's going to be a minimum of five. Uh, that's not to say anything will be that down the line. But um, you know, Gareth, we're not in any rush uh, in that that capacity. Uh, another two years will only do it the world of good. Um, so yeah, twenty twenty four will not. Go into like you know what you know what the spirit is. She's like we're also bloody secretive, but um, the, the thing about it is, I can't really give. You're all secretive, and then you do the same thing about a month after. <laughs> <each other. laughs> well, actually, because I was put straight on the earth and was like, we need to start releasing Japanese stuff flat out here. We're on it, but um, no. The, the reason we're like we know it's 2024. Uh, what we actually genuinely don't even really know ourselves because we've actually got such a mix of stuff going on that's been was laid down for times so we're just kind of going to go with what we think's right at the time um we're going to start planning the brand um probably around this time next year like the rum brand took us like about over a year you know we, we had the spirit and stuff that was fine but it takes, you know, we're really like we, uh, you know, being part of and help build the brand and be really, you know, at the forefront of it. I'm obviously going to be say, you know, the brand's very strong because I'm behind a lot of it. Um, but uh, like the, you know, our brand is strong, our spirits are good, but you need a really strong brand. We're very lucky that um, it is a well known brand these days. Uh, yeah. It'll take us about a good year at least to really. Hone, hone in the brand, and then there's the one, two, five in itself, which is going to be its own, it's it, you know, its own things. But twice four. Now, whatever you say, brand, are you? Uh, your spirit is going to be a totally different brand. It's going to be. Is it good? Not going to be Copeland whiskey. Is it going to be something else? Is that what you're telling me? 
be Copeland. It'll always be Copeland. It'll be Copeland whiskey. It's um, you know, if you look at uh, I don't even know. Well, like if, you know, if you look at the the rum, you know, that's the rum brand, and then that's the whiskey and the gin. They're all they all have the same Copeland text. It's the same font, but the brand, you know, itself is you know the style is is different. Some people like to keep it the same. Um, it'll probably be similar to the Merchant's Key, um, but it'll, yeah, it'll, we'll, 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 we'll need to get ourselves to like, um, yeah, you know, like Red Breast or, um, Metal t- or like Method Madness, you know, where we're going to start and then that'll be kind of us. We don't want to chop and change. Yeah. You know, I've seen. What I will say is. Loads of loads of whiskies have celebrity endorsements, right? Don't you be going for the obvious one and getting Bear Grylls to come down and celebrity <laughs> endorse your thing? Because most of the time, when you see Bear Grylls holding a, a amber colour fluid, it's his own piss. So don't be going down that road, okay? <laughs> you, you wouldn't go far. You wouldn't go far wrong with somebody like a, a cross channel swimmer. Remember, twentieth uh, of July, nineteen forty-seven. Tom Blore uh, swam from. Uh, Donica Day over to Port Patrick in 15 hours and 26 minutes. Um, so you wouldn't go far wrong with somebody like that. Yeah. Or uh, coming up with something named after the fantastic poem Donica Day by none other than Thomas Hardy, which is uh, a bit of a weird poem if, you, see, if you've see ever the way heard Ju- it. See the way Justin's been quiet and been on Google there. That, he's been on Google to find out stuff there. I'm doing stuff off the top of my head. He, he... All he does is sit and drink and Google stuff and then make me look as if I don't know nothing. He thinks, he thinks he's cultured. Look. He, yeah. uh, he, 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 he knew, knew that already. I just looked it up. <laughs> looking it up, Steve. The, the Thomas Blower thing's really cool because um, there's like a really good Netflix documentary all about it, but there's the, I think it's the seven seven swims in the world and they're, they're you know, channel swims and, and, and yeah. as such English channel and things like that. But um, the what's considered the hardest of the seven is from Donegan to Port Patrick. Yeah, the North uh, Sea Channel. North the, Sea Channel. The, the ferry can hardly do it. So if you if, if somebody can swim that, I with I don't. But they, they don't. We before COVID, um, we used to have people from all over the world training in the harbour every day, swimming up and down. They'd be there for weeks waiting for. The weather to be right, the tides to be right, everything, you know, that, that perfect, you know, Goldilocks. And even at that, most of them never made it. And But it was, you're, it's not considered uh, like an official channel swim unless yeah. you do out a wetsuit. I mean, if you're going to do a wetsuit, you make it fair play because it's like 90. Um, I could barely swim a mile, but um, yeah. I can't, no- I, can't, I can't swim at all, by the way, because I don't see the point. Uh, if I'm in the water, there's something wrong. Okay, there's a, either my boat has sunk, at which point I need people flying in, or I don't. Uh, I enjoy walking because we evolved to come out of the bloody sea and walk about a bit, Sw- swimming, all all of that. No, you know that that's that's de-evolving. That's us taking back. No, that's digressing. We're more right where we are. I will. I will say. Sorry to uh, sort of jump in. We're talking about when we're going to release. Um, our own so the reason why there's the two bottles there is um my biggest love in life is rum i f- <gasps> love my rum um i think it's like a rum too yeah big 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 into my rum um i, I don't i don't shy away from it when gareth said that we were going to start making rum and and and, and producing it and so on, i was like oh brilliant can't wait um i'll take the keys off you now tim thank you very much <laughs> very much so uh but so this one here that we have um, in front of us, and I, w- I know it's, you know, we're very much whiskey, but it's going to tie into that. But this blue one, so we have three rums, uh, but this is a limited one. It's only three and a half thousand bottles. Um, it's um, it's our rum that's been finished. Uh, so our rums are uh, aged in bourbon and Pinot Noir, but then that was finished for eight months in Premier One Grand Cru Bordeaux casks. Um Classic Gareth, our owner. I uh, I landed into the distillery one one like afternoon, and there's these eight stunning. I've never seen more beautiful casks ever than these red wine casks. They were like, and, and I said to our distillers, I was like, 
geez, like what are they for? Like what are we doing with those? And they went, we've no idea. They've just landed. We've no idea what, the, what like what they are. Gareth had been on the Cooperage websites and Space Side and just bought them because uh, he was really bad into his wine. And then we decided that then the rum was going to be finishing it for eight months. So we launched that. Um, but what we did do when we disgorged the, the barrels was we then got our blend and we filled our uh, we filled the eight barrels that had initially really premium red wine in it, and then rum for eight months. Then we filled the blend into it, and uh, I took a draw of it about two weeks ago. And to have three whiskies is in um, five barrels, one of them being a barrel that had red wine and rum in it. Uh, it's 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 absolutely stunning, and it's we're we're leaving it for another few months because it's only been in for uh, four. So I think we're going to do it for about another four, um, and uh, that's probably going to come out this year. Uh, when not one hundred percent because you know when it comes to that, it's going to you know be a similar sort of label to the merchant's key the, the, the bottom will probably change the color change a bit lovely. Um, lovely. but it's genuinely it's you know yeah. i know there's a lot of finishes out there but because of that red wine barrel getting fired in plus then the <laughs> other barrels it's and the color and everything it's you know i i actually there's i love i think because i love my rum and i do love my whiskey but that mix is yeah. <laughs> I can I can see I can see you're quite uh, anxious for this to be to, to come out to have more volume of it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> now Peter, Peter Stewart asked me what uh, method of madness I was drinking. It's the mulberry cask one. I picked that up. Um, mm. I picked up the mulberry cask one that was at hand. But uh, yeah, now Tim, you have been excellent, and we look forward to everything. My uncle. Uh, lived most of his life down in Donaghadee. He lived, he moved down there. Um, and a, a place that I, I find wonderfully beautiful little place. Uh, now you're all part of that county down distilling whiskey distilling thing now, which is just you're, t- you're talking about 40 distilleries in Ireland. How many of them are in county down now? Many. It's just five, five at least. Six. Easy. Six. It, it's one of those things where um, it's, it's weird because, again, it's such a funny thing that people say to us, you know, if there's a new distillery that opens up and they go, oh, wow, you know, do you feel like, oh, there's another competition? And I'm going, this is the, the spirit making industry. You know, the more the merrier. And the more, in, in my opinion, the better because then it becomes a thing that kind of, where it is where they make fantastic you know whiskey so uh yeah it's it is it's what i don't know there's something in the water here or something yeah. i don't know uh we've got obviously we've got ourselves we've got Ackenville, we've got um cologne short cross hench um more and more and who else am i forgetting I'm titanic's opening soon titanic's opening I, soon yeah obviously we've got our then wait like so Titanic and then you've got McConnell's um Killowen. Yeah, Killowen, like Brandon down there. And so, you know, there's there's a lot going on just up here. And I think that's where you know the word is getting out that you know there's 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 nothing up the north coast other than Bush Mills. Although I know that I've you know there's I know that there's something coming out up the north coast near uh Cushendall about time really. Uh I've said it for years there's the North Coast is crying out for another distillery, so it'll come. Um, and of course, Donica Day has great the coffee shops, ice cream, uh, and it also also soon will have a camera obscura. Isn't it going to have one? <laughs> oh god! Yeah. So the moat. I actually, I'm about to move house in about a few months, but I live on a street that's opposite the moat, and the moat. When I first moved here, I thought it looked like a like a kid's sandcastle. And I didn't actually realise that it was over like two hundred years old, and it's compounder for making the harbour. 
And then it was very much in disrepair. And then they got funding and they fixed it up. And then they were going to put a camera obscura on it. So the moat is like, you know, it's sort of, it's two tiered. So you would think that they put the camera obscura on the top part. So you have three 60 degree views. They put it on the lower part. So you've only got 180 degree views. And it's actually so low that if you're just standing, you just kind of see the views anyway. I mean, uh, the building and it looks fantastic. Um, it's still not. It was meant to be open to the public a year ago, but <laughs> it's. I think it's it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I, 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 it's it's just typical of people over here. You sort of do things and then go. Ah, no, I can't be bothered putting away up there. Imagine having to claim all the way to the top of that. No, oh. thank you. Here, nobody will know it. Nobody will know it's any different. Thank you, thank you. Health and safety. Health and safety. <laughs> No doubt. Um, but yeah, it, it was good to see. Uh, I actually really championed the fact that it was um, that they fixed it up. And like anything, when you fix up an old, you know, it was repointed and it looked probably like what it looked like when it was finished 200 years ago. And the locals complained about it and said it looked too new. And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> it won't look new in like 20 years' time. Uh, no. uh, can't win. You can't, 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 can't win. Tim, listen, we so there, there's about five casts left. So if, if people want to buy any Copeland and get into the one two five club, there's about five casts left. Merchant's Key is available in lots and lots of facilities. You can buy it from the distillery, you can buy it in uh, off licenses. Yep. You and yeah. and coming up in a couple of years' time, you will have their own whiskey. Uh, finished in what seems to be a, a sort of multitude of casks. So, yeah, lots of nice things happen down in Donoghadee, down in County Down. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. No, look, that, you know, thank you for inviting me on, and it's, it's been great fun, and it's been even better because, you know, Ireland beat England, which was great, and, uh, you know, like, obviously, like you said, you know, our spirits are all available in UK, Delivery on our website direct or Mooster in your local independence. And or, or buy it from Peter's shop because Peter say you're that you're in rum. Green Island. He says the rum is the best seller in the shop. There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, know. Green Island's a lovely part of the world too. Sort of wonder. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. <laughs> Listen, remember, uh, catch up with us on YouTube. Hit subscribe, comment, like, and share. It helps us help you. We're on Twitch. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We even have a wee bit in pent interest. Um, I'm working on uh, on TikTok, but I'm not too sure oh, about that. See if I have to do on one of them stupid dances. If I have to do some stupid dance because you tell me we need it in TikTok, I will throw it. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to do it. We're, we're, uh, and uh, well, wherever you get your podcast, just simply ask your smart speaker, Alexa, or hey Google, to play Irish Whiskey Review Podcast, and we'll pop up. Thanks a lot. Catch you again. Same time, same place next week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.